we go. Quiet. Problem. First off, I want to know what are some Alabama-centric films or events people should know about this year's festival? Well, we've got a few things. We've got that film Skanks playing, which is a film that's uh, about the theater downtown production of a play that they did called Skanks in a One-Horse Town. And so it's a feature documentary. It actually premiered at Slamdance. It premiered at Slamdance and it recently played at Rooftop Films in New York. So um, it's a cool one to see, and my understanding is, you know, the entire there's, the filmmakers are really excited about it. David McMahon is uh, the director, and they're really excited about it, and everybody's going to be there. So that's kind of a neat one to see, just because so many people will be in attendance. We've got a lot of great Alabama shorts playing, too, so that's kind of neat. And then there's one called, uh, there's a cool documentary called Southern Makers, which is, you know, just sort of looks at the filmmakers from Birmingham and different artists in and throughout the South, you know, with some focus on Alabama. So those are those are neat ones. Is it always a major priority for you and, and the other programmers and the other folks behind Sidewalk to put any sort of extra emphasis on the Alabama-centric stuff? Well, one of our missions is to support Alabama filmmakers, and that can mean a number of different things. But we want to make sure that everything's really strong. So we usually have, you know, some stuff, but it's definitely... One of the requirements that we have is to make sure that we're spotlighting at least a significant percentage of Alabama films. And uh, you know, it can be it can be tough, it can be a struggle, but it's certainly one of our one of our missions. So it's kind of can be controversial because you'll hear a lot of even Al- you know, Alabama local filmmakers say, "But if it should be the best of what's happening in the independent film world, and if if it's not a good short or it's not a good dust, we shouldn't be looking at percentages. We should be looking at." You know what? What's the best of the of the sort of top of independent films? But you know we have to balance that with uh, with trying to make sure that we have a significant percentage of of Alabama recognition. So it is you know it it is a, a focus for us, and we've been fortunate that at least every year since I've been programming, there's been at least a handful of, of really strong films from from the state. So All American High Revisited is the opening night film, correct? That's right. So why is that the opening night film? So opening night is kind of a weird thing. We used to have a criteria for opening night that was definitely, there's definitely philosophy behind it, right? Where you wanted to have something that would be appropriate for all ages. You wanted to have, I remember when I first started programming, the sort of idea was like, you don't want to open with a dock. You know, you want to open with something narrative. We, a few years ago, actually the year that we premiered Best Worst Movie, we just took that criteria and threw it out the window. It was sort of a criteria that was created under a different programming scheme and all that. Ultimately, we felt like maybe there isn't a criteria. So we're sort of working without that. But these are the things that we definitely know that we want it to be. Not available in any other way. And so you, you can't watch it anywhere. You can't find it anywhere. You can't drive to Huntsville and see it or Montgomery and see it at the Capri or something. You want it to be sort of a more difficult thing to find. And that's just one of the things we want to put a spotlight on so it's not an overplayed film. And the cool thing about All American High is this is the second time it'll play in this country. It premiered at South by Southwest, the film portion of South by Southwest, in March. And then we'll play it. We'll, we'll be the second place to play it in, in the U.S. It's played a couple of international fests and done really well internationally, but we'll be in the United States. So that was a big part of it. We also thought it was a lot of fun. And you want to have sort of something that celebrates 
filmmaking. And you don't want to leave the theater going to a party on Friday night, getting ready for your festival weekend with, with a, you know, dark, upsetting narrative or documentary for that matter. So we want to do something sort of upbeat and fun, and it definitely is that. And we also wanted to do something, this is our 16th year, so it's sort of that, like, you know, 16th birthday kind of feeling of high school students. And we thought that it worked really well with, with our sort of 16th theme throughout the, the festival this upcoming festival weekend. You can include, obviously, the opening night movie, but I'm curious, from your perspective, what are some films that you consider can't miss opportunities for folks who are attending? I would not miss Boardman. It's not a film for everybody, but it is a stellar, stellar film, so I would not miss Boardman. I would not miss, well, personally, I think Living Stars is a lot of fun. It's a strange one, and again, not one for everybody, but Living Stars is a really cool film. And, I mean, it's literally just sort of in Buenos Aires, people dancing in their living rooms and backyards and offices. And that's all it is. That's the content. But it's one of those films that I kind of watched and thought this is really fun, and I just want to revisit it all the time. Um, and it, because of the fact that they've, it's just packed with pop music, like top 40 American pop music specifically, they're going to have a lot of trouble clearing rights for that film for wide distribution. So it's one of those that I'm like, this may be your only chance to see it. I think our closing night film is awesome, Wild Canaries. It's a caper, sort of sleuth film that's funny. One of the ones that's sort of a sleeper in the lineup that competes with Living Stars, so you'll have to make a choice there, though, uh, is Fort Tilden. It's really, really funny comedy. And then another sleeper that I think from a filmmaker who you're going to hear a lot about in the next few years is a film called Earth Uncertain Terms. It's just one of the standouts in the lineup. That's a nice batch. The other thing I would say is that for horror fans, you know, Ladies of the House and Summer of Blood, on Saturday night, go to go see one of both. I doubt you're going to have trouble getting people to come see Summer of Blood, just yeah. based on the title <laughs> alone. But. Yeah, we'll have the stars from both of those films there, so that's the other cool thing. Like, Summer of Blood and Ladies of the House, the stars from those films will be in the theater, and it's really fun to watch stuff with the people who are in it, especially when it's something like a horror film. Right, so this is obviously a filmmaker's event and an artist's festival. Are there any, like, live appearances and panels and discussions that you'd recommend people come check out, other than, obviously, all of them because they all seem to present unique and different opportunities for people. Yeah, I mean, there's just tons of stuff to do. And it, I mean, I certainly think it's a filmmaker's event. But we work really hard to make sure that it's an, sort of an event for everybody in Alabama. And so, I mean, there's lots of filmmaker stuff, but there's also just lots of fun stuff to do that even if you could care less about talking about film or listening about film, it's plenty to do. And I mean, that's a lot of the parties and a lot of the, the events around that. And certainly the opening night party is one of those things that we're going to be serving. Somehow we've managed to be serving low country boiled for 800 people. So, I mean, that's a pretty amazing thing after the opening night film. But as far as sort of panel events and stuff goes, we've got uh, some really cool stuff this year. One screening that's about the loss of 35 millimeter film and, and, everybody moving to digital projection and DCP and that kind of stuff, it's going to impact people, even people who don't care about this, that sort of techie stuff. It really sort of begins to piggyback the question of that people have been asking for many years now of what happens when we begin to lose books and we move to ebooks and things go out of print. Well, this is the same for media and for so many films that are going to be lost. And so many films were lost when we made the move to DVD that just didn't make that jump. And we're going to have that happen more and more with formats becoming obsolete. So the film itself is really cool, and it's got, you know, it's packed with, like, Kevin Snug and Quentin Tarantino and those kind of, and that kind of thing, and the filmmaker is going to be here. The filmmaker is associated with the new Beverly Cinema in California, which people may know of because of Quentin Tarantino's affiliation with that cinema. When they began to lose their building, Quentin Tarantino came and basically bought the parking lot they were sitting on so that he could have some control. So we're having a panel discussion around that, and that panel discussion is going to feature David Allgood from the Bama Theater in Tuscaloosa. It's going to feature Aaron Hillis, who writes for The Village Boys. 
and is coming in from New York, and he's a, one of our jurors, but he also owns a really cool old-school type video store called Video Free Brooklyn, and he's going to be involved in that panel. And then Steve Dollar, who writes for the Wall Street Journal, is going to be in town and, and I think moderating that panel. So that's a really neat one to see. And we're going to have filmmakers or people who are interested in breaking into film. We're going to have a filmmaking panel on how to, you know, how to get your film into a film festival or tips from programmers. We've got acting workshops and writing workshops and all kinds of other cool things like that. But those are a couple of my, of my favorite panels. We have special events around films. You know, we're doing things like for Living Stars, we're having a dance troupe dance all the way through Sidewalk Central and into the theater. And for the film Limo Ride, which it's another Alabama film I probably should have mentioned. It's a, it's a really ridiculous, fun film from a filmmaker in Mobile. And if you ever want an inside look at sort of a redneck night out, the Floribama, it does that really well. And we generally average about 50% of the films you're likely to see the filmmaker, director, producer, or star in, in the audience view and answering questions afterwards and hanging out at the parties. And speaking of the folks who aren't as seasoned when it comes to attending film festivals, I know that in some markets, film festivals, they remain a relatively acquired taste, even for the general film fans out there who seem not necessarily averse to the format, but just not as familiar. What do you think festivals and Sidewalk in particular offer the average moviegoer in Birmingham? Yeah, I would say a lot for a number of reasons. One of which is that we don't have the luxury, so to speak, of programming a festival for filmmakers only or for people who are sort of film critical studies folks. I mean, we just don't have that. That's not our audience. So we do program for a general audience. I mean, we do, we try to balance things with stuff that's there for the film, obviously, because we do have a large number of them coming from all over the country and all over the world, really, to come to the festival. The vast majority of people who are buying tickets and coming and sitting in seats are people from, you know, Alabama, Birmingham specifically. And so we program a general festival in the sense that we're programming stuff that's, that's certainly representative of what's going on in the indie film world and is innovative and, and maybe heady in, in a lot of ways. But we also program just sort of fun popcorn stuff as well. And that's why we have so many venues. At any given point in the day, look at the seven venues across the board, you can make a, de- a decision to go to one of those sort of more filmmaker-type films or you can make a decision to go to something that's more popcorn, fun, you know, and you can walk in and out of stuff too. So those things are really cool. And I mean, I think the other thing is that <clears throat> we make it more like it's truly a festival and a lot of times film festivals overlook that I think and it's sort of about like a slate of films you know we can close down the streets and you know there's lots of pop-up restaurants that are going to be there lots of pop-up stores lots of just fun stuff happening around the film and you know and there's just tons of parties so those things help balance you know the folks who unlike me who won't who won't wake up in the morning and go see a film at 10 30 and then continue throughout the day just watching film after film after film there's lots of other you know cool stuff to do as a matter of fact you could actually come down I wouldn't I obviously don't want to recommend this but you can come to the festival and just do the parties and the fun stuff and not see anything I mean that would be crazy but you can do it I'm certainly have heard of people doing it especially when we were at the same time as the game we had a lot of filmmakers who'd be in the bar watching the game and just doing the fun stuff of course that's our dates change. So, you know, there's that. And I think people have sometimes can have the wrong idea about a film festival that it sort of is just for the academic types or the people who are really into the tech side or the filmmaker side of things. But it, it is a, a festival for everybody. Another thing I'd say is that I have uh, myself and my programming partner, Charlie Sanders, have a pretty big, broad range of interests when it comes to filmmaking. For example, my ground and my interest is not in, in sort of international film, for example. My actual master's studies was focused in horror film. So I have, you know, my background and my interest lie in a more sort of every man sort of film-going experience. 
When it comes to Sidewalk, what's different about this year's festival or since you've been there for a few years now, and I mean a decade, what are some ways that you've noticed the festival has changed since you've been a part of it? Well, we've definitely gotten bigger. I actually accidentally clicked on a document the other day that pulled up a lineup from, I think, 2009 or something, and it was strange to look at. I mean, we've gotten so much bigger. There's more films. There's more venues. We, a few years ago, began to take a route that we sort of heard feedback from people that... It didn't feel enough like a festival. It felt more like, you know, move, just movies playing one after the other. And, of course, we didn't totally agree with that, but we upped the production value of the festival, and we definitely have more special events, more parties, more stuff happening around the film. And so we've increased that a great deal. So I just think all around there's more films, there's more parties, there's more activities, there's more opportunities to, to come to the festival for various reasons. For example, you know, we've increased sort of the way you can purchase tickets. And so you can basically enter the festival at any level. You can come see one thing and walk away, or you can spend the whole weekend. The one thing that really hasn't changed are ticket prices, which is amazing. We managed to keep ticket prices very low. And being a nonprofit, you know, we were able to do that fairly, but we're able to do it. And so that's changed. I definitely think that in 10 years, we've I've seen an increase. And, in, you know, the, the films have gotten better. Independent films have gotten better. More people are able to have access to equipment and master equipment in a way that I think is really positive. And there's some negative to that, too. But the nice thing about coming to the festival is we're able to pull all the negative away and really just offer you the positive and all because it's coming out of out of that sort of movement of being able for, for folks to have more get more hands-on equipment and more accessible equipment. So the films have gotten better and the filmmakers have gotten, I feel like the independent film world's gotten better in the last, you know, 10 years. So that's changed. We've seen some other things happen too where eight years ago, and this is maybe something that's more, you know, conversation, less for sort of the, a general audience, but eight, nine years ago, the lifespan of a film was much different. You know, a film would play the festival, the festival circuit, 12 to 16 months later, you might see it on VOD. Now what you're seeing a lot of is this sort of immediate distribution model, where you're seeing a lot of films at the festival circuit, they premiere at their Sundance or South by Southwest or Tribeca, and they go straight VOD. And so we're having to work with that and figure out how to balance films that are available in other ways with films that are not available in other ways. And We've actually, you know, if you looked at the schedule six or seven years ago, you wouldn't have seen any films that were available in any other sort of delivery method. But we've changed that, and you'll see a you know, small percentage of films that are, you can watch on iTunes or something like that that are at the festival. But we believe strongly that seeing a film like that and bringing that film to Birmingham in a theatrical setting is important. And being there in a room with a filmmaker or some participant from the film is important. And so we've made a little bit of a change in that way. And that sort of is that positive or negative, that's debatable. Our attendance seems to suggest that people want to come to a theater and see a film in a group setting. So we'll sort of be monitoring that over the next several years. But that's changed. Projections change. Those basic, boring, techie kind of things have changed. I think that our films look a lot better and sound a lot better. So, and of course, we have brand new venues. That's changed. We've always moved from some years we were screening at Alabama Power or Harvard Center. I think we've really perfected having nice venues to go watch a film in. We've sort of eliminated the theaters that were uncomfortable to people. We've had ASFA open up brand new state-of-the-art theater. One of the nicest theaters in the state is at ASFA, and we're able to use that now. It's only three years old. So, you know, those changes are, are really positive, too. And moving forward, fingers crossed, you know, we'll eventually be in the Lyric Theater screening films. Downtown's changed. There's more places to eat, more things to do. So all of that's really, I think, positive and good for the festival. And we want to make sure that we're always working with the local, you know, restaurants and community and, like, rest Birmingham and stuff like that to take all the positive things that are happening in Birmingham and make them part of the festival. Awesome, Rachel. Thanks for taking some time. I really appreciate it. Sure, no problem. Cool. Talk, Talk to you soon. soon.